You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. The 12 days of Christmas has passed. Did you realize that? Thursday was the 12th day of Christmas. And uh, no, Friday was the 12th day of Christmas. Uh, Saturday started a new, se- a, a new season in Christendom called Epiphany. How many knows what Epiphany you're familiar with that? How many grew up in traditional church, liturgical? Okay, Epiphany. Okay, good, good, good. Kids, those that would like to go with Ann? There you go. So we know the word Epiphany. It's, it's that moment of piercing awareness. The sudden jolt of understanding. All of a sudden you see it, you hear it, you understand it. It comes into focus. And I I thought, well, isn't this interesting? Saturday started the season of Epiphany. And I thought, if there's anything that I've been desiring is an epiphany of the greater realm of heaven on earth. Lord, I need a revelation. I need a revelation of that. Because I'm so caught in the way that I've always seen and lived and done and, and perceived life on this planet And I find that a lot of it is in line with with the truth of of God's reality, but a lot of it still isn't. And so I need the awareness for him to show me where I'm not lining up with his reality. So my prayer this morning is that we all get new realities in 2018. Realities that more reflect the true reality from heaven to earth. The true reality of how God originally intended us to live, how he intended us to be, how he intended us to relate to one another, how we overcome evil with good. Mm. I'm looking forward to that. So the epiphany is a season of celebrating the revelation of the Savior, Jesus Christ, the light of the world. He's worshiped as the King of Kings, He's the dearly loved Son of God, and He's the miracle-working Lord. Hmm. And that's what the Epiphany season's all about, having those revelations of Jesus. I love it. So we focus on His ministry during Epiphany, the calling of the disciples, the teachings of Christ, His miracles, kind of climaxing with His transfiguration. Because that's when... Peter, James, and John saw Jesus in all his true, true glory. So I don't know where you are and how you see Jesus, but if you haven't seen him transfigured yet, let's set that as a goal this year. Lord, we would like to have an experience, an encounter with you, where we see you in all your glory. And and the gospel records that when that happened, that his clothes glistened, and that there, there was such a radiant splendor all about him that they couldn't even hardly look at him. Who? Yeah, Lord, come. So as we look at the kingdom in 2018, the inbreaking of God's kingdom, let's look to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 7 through 18. Mm -hmm. 
Now, mind you, before we start reading chapter 4, you've got to remember how chapter 3 ends. Everybody got chapter 3.18 memorized? You know it, but it might be a great one to memorize. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with an ever-increasing glory. King James says, from glory to glory. I like to put them both in there because I like from glory to glory with an ever-increasing glory. Yeah. Which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Okay, chapter 4, verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, and what do we do when we read a therefore? We see what it's there for. Okay. (laughs) Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just pause. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for just the treasure of the written, recorded word of the Lord. Now we ask that you would come and that you would breathe upon it. So we would have the spirit and the word alive and active in our being today. Bringing revelation. Giving us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to understand. May the affection, may the affection of our hearts reciprocate the affection that is in your heart toward us. May we have the same toward you. We love you and we receive your love afresh. Give us these moments to hear you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So what's it going to look like in 2018? Mm -mm -mm. What hopes are you hoping will be fulfilled in 2018? I hope you haven't stopped dreaming. I hope you allow 
the hope and the, and the dreaming revelation of God to just well up inside your spirit so that this year will be an, indeed an amazing year. When we look to the, first, when we look to the, the future year, we always look back and, and we thank God for what we've had. And we've just had a wonderful visual display of that, all the different things to give thanks to the Lord for, just absolutely amazing. We've received some treasures in 2017. Some incredible things came to us in 2017. Just as, as I keep talking and as, as you listen with one ear, allow the Holy Spirit to remind you the treasures that you've received this year. One of the treasures that we've received corporately as, as the body of Christ is the treasure of Rick Baumgartner. What a treasure. And when our treasures receive treasures, then we get the benefit of those treasures. And this past year, during the morning watch, Rick has been singing to the Lord from the scriptures. And it's just absolutely amazing. Wonderful, wonderful treasure. And that was a treasure that the Lord gave Rick, and he shared it with us. And we are blessed and, and so fortunate to have someone who's listening. So we all want to listen to the Lord because he wants to bless us. And when he blesses us, he wants us to know how much he loves us and that he cares for us. And as we receive that, all of a sudden we start thinking about ourselves a little differently. If the God of the universe, the God of all creation, chooses to spend time to you and talk to you and reveal things to you, show you things, whether you hear his audible voice or not, you hear his, his speaking to you in all the different ways that he speaks, oftentimes in pictures. Sometimes he hits our emotions, and we thought, whoa. Have you ever, have you ever been in a, in a circumstance that you had an opposite emotion? Everything around you was lack, insufficiency, depression, negativity, and all of a sudden a burst of joy comes through. That's the Lord. That's the Lord letting you know that he is with you right in the midst of all the difficulties that you're experiencing here on earth. And so as he brings that to you, that's one of the ways he speaks. I love it. I love it. So let's, let's look for those things. Let's see the treasures. Uh, anybody have a, a difficult experience in 2017? Mm, yeah. Yeah. I made it through. You know, we have, we have the surprises of those treasures that he gives us, but we also have some surprises where we suffer. And we need to learn how to, how to maximize suffering. Oh, if we could ever understand that suffering can be a means of grace. Now, I'm not trying to get us into a suffering theology, but I'm saying whatever circumstances, however the enemy tries to mess with you, you can always invite the Lord into that and see it reversed. You can see when there's lack, you can see his provision. And, and I think that's where he's trying to shift us as a, as a community is to go from lack with our natural vision, our natural experience, to see the fullness in the spirit of what he is providing for us. So let's see the full provision of the Lord this year. Let's see it and, and let's not allow him to take those things where the sting of suffering 
becomes the focal point and we don't know how to use the springboard of suffering. Let's exchange the sting for the springboard. You still may say, ouch, and that's okay. You don't have to deny that it hurts. Let's be real. Ouch, springboard into his presence. And let's be comforted by the God of all comfort. So I'm looking forward to that. I think this is going to be an incredible year. Ready for anything. Let's do it, Lord. He says that we are like jars of clay. Sounds like we ought to name a band after that, huh? Uh, Jars of clay. And so he, he, he shows us that we're jars of clay, and that is the best way for God to show how wonderfully loving and powerful he is, is through our weakness. And so we, we see here, I, I put on the slide, hello, there we go. We're jars of clay so that there's no doubt where the power comes from. It doesn't resonate from within us in and of ourselves. It resonates within us in as much as he is within us. And so he says, we're hard pressed, but not crushed. We're perplexed, (laughs) but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. I just thought to bless you today, I would read you this passage in the Passion Translation. Aren't you glad? Jars of clay were treasured. We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that the extraordinary overflow of power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do. That's perplexed, okay? But quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. And that's, that's probably the number one thing that the enemy tries to do when we are going through persecution, whether it's coming from other believers or whether it's coming from the world or whether it's coming straight from the kingdom of darkness. He wants us to feel like God's forsaken us, that God has abandoned us, that he's left us, but he's never forsaken us. Old Testament, New Testament, God repeats with a sevenfold negative, I will never, never, no, never, 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 never leave you nor forsake you. He's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. When we feel forsaken and we feel like he's left us, that's our emotions. That's not the true reality. We may be knocked down, but not out. Mm-hmm. Times it feels like the enemy's got a TKO, but I'm glad Jesus is the referee. Mm-hmm. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. Are you getting this? Is this getting into you? Our humanity is the way in which he shines. Don't beat up 
your humanity. Everywhere where we're weak, flawed, <laughs> and insufficient is all opportunities for him to show his sufficiency. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then, death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. Why? What we suffer, what we experience, is an opportunity for us to appropriate heavenly resources. And when others see that we're suffering and that we're weak and we're going through some difficult, difficult stuff, and they see how we persevere, how we endure, and how we continue to trust, and how the Lord then comes and delivers and frees and gives testimony and makes this a shining example of what happens when the kingdom of God comes into the kingdom of this world and conquers it. And so we go through stuff so that everyone else can see how great he is, how good he is, how gracious he is, how wonderful he is. No doubt. Oh, Jesus, you are so, so good. Thine almighty. So good. Amen. So we don't have to be ashamed of our humanity. We can acknowledge it, but we continue to trust him for his provision in the midst of our need. Mm. So what prepares our soul this year for the treasures that he has for us? The beautiful surprises that are coming our way? The, the epiphanies where we get ambushed in one moment in time and space and all of a sudden things that we struggle with we no longer struggle with because we see something of him. We see a manifestation of his glory. We see a, a manifestation of the true nature of our Lord and Savior. When we see it, boom, there's a treasure, a beautiful treasure. How this year are we going to, as we live, how are we going to deal with the measure of suffering that we will encounter? I'm here to prophesy that you will suffer in 2018. But take heart. Because <laughs> greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Okay? Take, take courage. Don't worry that you have a difficult moment. Because this is what the scripture here is, is trying to say. This slight momentary affliction is producing an eternal treasure, a glory, a manifestation of his presence in your life that will go from glory to glory. How many times have we had something happen to us that at the beginning of it, we just thought it was the end of the world? We thought we could not suffer. Nothing could be worse on the planet. This is the greatest devastation we've ever known. And then we see how God works good out of it. And we see the glorious, ah, the glorious treasures that he brings to us through a horrible, difficult, suffering moment. Mm. So we want to welcome the inbreaking of the kingdom. 
Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. We need to see. We really need to see. How many times have the prophets said to God's people, you have eyes, but you don't see. You have ears, but you don't hear. You have hearts, but you don't understand. Oh. It's my prayer that this year will be a year in which we get spiritual sight. Yes. That the cry of the heart of the body of Christ is, Lord, we want to see you. We want to see your kingdom. We want to live the way Jesus lived when he was on the earth. Live like Jesus. Putty Putman's new book. If you haven't got it, you may want to purchase it. Live like Jesus lived. And how did Jesus live? When he was on the earth, he did what he saw his father doing. And he spoke what he heard his father saying. Sometimes when I I see that, I, I think Jesus and the Father and Holy Spirit are having a little community meeting up in heaven. And Jesus is up there and he's taking notes because no... He knows pretty soon he's going to be born on planet Earth, and so he's taking notes on what the Father intends down here, and he's, he's, he's being a good student. And, and now he's here, and he's down here. And so he, he looks to his notes, and he says, oh, yeah, Father wants me to do this. And so he does it. It could be that way. I kind of see it differently. I kind of see it that as Jesus got up, He was never nervous. He was never anxious. He wasn't worried about the day. He didn't know whether he should put on his Adidas or his Nikes. He he really wasn't even worried about what he was going to wear or how he was going to be fed. He got up and he met with his Father in heaven through prayer, says, off to a solitary place, those lonely places where he would commune in prayer with the Father, And from there he would go out the day. And then when he saw what his father was doing, he did it. This shows to me a premium on the value of being able to see, to see the father. One of the ways you see is open the book. Folks, you've got a lot of sight right here. A lot of sight. And when you combine the sight that you have here with the personal communion, the personal fellowship with the Holy Spirit, you've got a winning combination that's going to cause you to see like you've never seen before. Some people only see with this book. That will get you down the road a good ways, but it really doesn't get you where you want to go. Where you want to go, you need to see with the book and with the Spirit. And as you see how Jesus saw, it's, it's amazing. 
Jesus gets out of the boat. He comes to the shore and he sees the multitude of people and he sees them as sheep harassed without a shepherd. So what's he do? He shepherds them. He sees. We need to really put some eggs in the basket of seeing. Lord, help me see. Let me see my need. Let me see inside me. Where, where's my lack? What is the stuff that I believe that restricts what you want to do in my life? What is it that I think is true about me and about reality that causes me to experience something far less than what I see Jesus experiencing in the word? A revelation like that is an epiphany. And we're in epiphany season. So let's have some epiphanies. L invite the Holy Spirit to show you where you need assistance. One of the things that I've done and I, and I continue to do is every night before I go to bed, I say, Lord, if there's things that you are trying to do and I'm resisting you while I'm awake tonight when I sleep, I give you permission to do what you want to do. If there's stuff inside me that you want to take out, or if there's stuff that I don't have that you want to put in, Lord, while I sleep tonight, I give you a blank check. I, I, I sign the permission slip, slip for exploratory spiritual surgery all through my night. Right? Have you ever heard me say anything like that before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always, always. But how often we forget where I've got my wires crisscrossed, Lord, while I'm asleep, get them uncrisscrossed. Get them straight. You know, get me in tune and in alignment with your heart. Yeah. I've gone so far as to just say, Lord, if I forget to pray this prayer, could we have it recorded in the annals of heaven that anytime I, Richard Allen Francis, fall asleep, lose consciousness, you have absolute permission, ollie ollie and free for Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to come in and do whatever you want to do. Okay? That way if I'm here and I fall asleep and someone else is preaching, guess what? It's ollie ollie and free. He's still working on me. And I really want to encourage all of you that fall asleep on Sunday morning, Pray that prayer so that when you don't hear what I'm saying, you give God permission to do what he wants to do. Okay? Any takers? Okay. Good, good, good. Go ahead and go to sleep now. Let's see what God wants to do. Indeed, indeed. Well, let's see. I think it's time to read the Passion again. Verse 16, so no wonder we don't give up, for even though our outer person gradually wears out, loses its hair, our inner being is being, re is being renewed every single day. Do you realize the glory should be increasing inside every one of us? Because we know Jesus. We spend time with him. And so we grow and our inward reality is, is getting absolutely glorious. 
We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weight of glory, far beyond all comparison. Some of us have more substance than others. Thank God for substance. Let's make sure that all the substances, all the troubles, we maximize for glory. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. Oh Lord, let us see in the unrealm. We want to see the unseen. What can't be perceived with the natural eyes, Lord, let us see with our spiritual eyes. We can actually tune our lives to be receptive and to be ready, to be aware of God's activity around us, just as Jesus was. We can have eyes that are looking to see what the Father's doing. We can have hearts that are willing to join him and to see captives set free, the wounded healed, <laughs> the demonized, ah, liberated. Jesus is the inbreaking God. And he loves you and wants an eternal relationship with you. <sighs> what a message to start the year off with. Anybody want to see? I want to see. Come on, Jesus. David, I'm praying your prayer. Come on, Jesus. We want to see. Let's just take a few moments. I'm going to introduce some things that may be outside your comfort zone, but I'm not doing it to make you uncomfortable. I'm doing it to maybe give you an opportunity to, to connect with something that may allow a greater sense of awareness of the presence of the Lord. When we want to see, let's put our hands on our heart. Because we, we want to see in the spirit realm. Now, Lord, bless our eyes. I pray especially for those that have cataracts. Lord, bring healing. I pray, Father, that you would release all floaters. Let them float right out. Mm -hmm. I pray, Father, that you would increase natural eyesight. But Lord, our heart wants to see you. We want to see in the Spirit. And so, Lord, we want to give you access to our hearts. We invite you, Holy Spirit, to connect our spirit to you in such a way as that you will be the dominant force in our life. That the, the affections and uh, the wounds and everything in our heart that affects the way we see, the way we live, the way we feel, the way we think, and uh, so many choices that we make. We say, Lord, for us to see, you have to heal our hearts. So do what you want to do in our hearts today. 
to prepare the foundation so that we can truly see in the spiritual realm. We want to see what you're doing, hear what you're saying, so that we can partner with you and see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm. Now just kind of place your hands before you in kind of an uplifted position. Like we call this a receptivity. This is, this is kind of a posture of receiving. I, I find that this is amazing how often when I, when I just do this hand gesture, it does something in my spirit and in my soul that just kind of lines me up to receive. Okay? And when you're receiving something from the Lord... If you get distracted, if you get distracted, all of a sudden you're, 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 you're ready to receive uh, something from, from the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden you're aware of the dentist and the drilling that's going to happen at 2 o'clock, and it starts to, to eat your lunch, take your, take your hands and just turn them over, okay? Keep the fingers extended. And that's a release posture. And so, Lord, I just release to you all the anxiety about my dental experience. I just release all that. Whatever that dental experience represents for you, if you have something that's coming in and it's messing with you, just take a moment and release that. Release it. Lord, I'm anxious about whatever's on the agenda. And then once you've released that to him, then turn your hands back over to receive and say, now, Lord, Give me everything you want to give me. Lord, we want to appropriate all the resources of heaven that you have in our account because of the price of Jesus, his sacrificial death, his victory over the kingdom of darkness, and his triumph <laughs> parading all of heaven, uh, the glorious victory that he won on the earth. And so we just open our hands and say, we want to receive, we want to receive the truth so that we can see in reality. I pray, Father, for all those that watch television and get all the reality of, of the newscast that's telling us how horrible everything is everywhere. I pray, Father, that your reality would trump that reality. That we would not be ignorant of what's going on in the world, but Lord, that we'd be more aware of what you're doing. And Father, when we see the difficulties in other countries, we see the difficulties within our own country, we see the difficulties in our own community, I pray that you would give us the grace to know how to partner with you, how to become intercessors, how to become spiritual activists that know how to see what you're doing and hear what you're saying and so participate with you. And so we say, Lord, we receive everything that you've ordained for us to receive today. Jesus taught us, give us this day our daily bread. Everything that we need to nourish the fullness of life in the kingdom, we ask for in Jesus' name. 
So release the bread. Release bread from heaven to earth that we might know that we have all that we need in Jesus. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.